Welcome back to another episode of the Church Tech and Leadership Podcast. We're so glad that you decided to join us today. Um, our goal is to help you create quality experiences that help people engage with Jesus. Um, if you would, if this helps you out, um, share it, leave us a rating or review. That helps us out. Uh, I'm your host, Chris Esslinger, joined again by my friends, Ian Springer and Will Scott. How's it going today, guys? Great. Happy quarantine. Happy quarantine. Yeah. Will, Will has been quarantined, so... It's day 13, people. Yeah. He's okay I cannot now. wait. He's I okay. cannot wait. Uh, so today we're talking about evaluating, uh, and specifically we're going to evaluate everything. Uh, last week we talked about preparation and uh, making sure that we prepare well, and this week we're going to hit evaluating. So it's kind of a part one, part two thing. Um, so we'll start off with um, why, why do we need to evaluate? Will, you got any thoughts on that? The, well... You can't improve if you don't know how you're doing. And evaluation is, that is how you see how you're doing. And there's, there's we're going to get into kind of how we do that later and looking at different as- aspects of it. But ultimately, like our responsibilities as creatives, as tech guys, as music folks is that we want to improve. We want to get better. We want to create the best experience that we can for the folks that are coming in our doors and the only way to do that is to evaluate ourselves and and you know look at got to look back as much as you are looking forward yeah definitely um another another big piece of that is the um the world is a very changing place as i'm sure you probably know and uh it's it's a moving target. You have to stay relevant in the culture of today so that you can, you know, you can address what is going on in the world effectively. Um, I mean, if you, if you look at 2020, the, and kind of the way churches have done church has sort of been flipped on its head because we've had to do so much virtual experience. And that's like, that is part of, Hey, the, the world is changing. We have to, we have to get better. And I know at, at first, a lot of churches were scrambling to try and get stuff going and making, making things happen. And so you kind of, and even us, like that was the same for us. We're kind of throwing stuff together, not a hundred percent sure of what we're doing. And, um, we were just talking about this as a team. Um, if you look back on the past nine months, like at the beginning of those nine months, it was, it wasn't pretty, <laughs> but it was, it was the best we could do at the time. And uh, looking back, it's like, wow, we're, we're really proud of how far we've come. And uh, I mean, that's, there's, there's a lot of pride that you can, you can build off of looking back and you can actually, I think it's encouraging for your team uh, or even yourself. If, if you just, if you start the evaluation process and start improving and improving and improving over the long, uh, long haul, you're going to be able to see significant improvement and, uh, and stand by that. Yeah. And, it's kind of like job security too. You can say, Hey, look, look at where we've been. Look at where we're going. This is where that's. Yeah. It's a great feeling for sure to be able to go back and, and, you know, look back at, at, you know, where you were at and where you are now. It's a good thing. And it, it, it kind of also pushes forward that we should be constantly improving and constantly making everything that we do better. Um, so it's, it's very good to celebrate where we've come from and where we've gotten to, um, and then use that, that energy and that excitement to help drive us forward. 
um, into continually improving everything that we're doing and, and evaluating is how we, uh, is a piece of how we do that. It's kind of how we know what it is that we actually need to be working on as we're improving things. Um, so cool. How, how do we go about evaluating? Uh, you have more people look at things. I know, um, most of the time, you, you like you you're always trying to improve things but there's only so much that you and your team are going to think of because you live in a kind of siloed environment so like i mean your your team it's got the same personalities the same you know everybody kind of has their own history and you bring everybody brings something different to the table but having an outside entity like a friend uh, you know, a tech friend from another church come in and just a sec- second set of eyes, or even, you know, that might mean, hey, once a year you hire a um, a professional to come in and and look at things. And there, I mean, we there there were things like we were trying to make changes to our broadcast mix, and we had a we had a guy come in and he, he was like, oh my gosh, why didn't I think of that? But just because he had fresh eyes. He didn't live in the same environment as us. He was able to give us uh, good wisdom and good advice that allowed us to make some changes and think about things in different ways. So it's uh, it's definitely worth having outside people come in and uh, and look at things. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I can think of uh, even some recent instances where um, had <laughs> ironically enough, Ian came out and and was helping me with some other stuff, and we were looking at our our video rig at one point, and he's like, "Dude, why are you doing it that way? It could be so much simpler if you just do this other thing." And it was really really dumb, um, but he was totally right, and it it simplified things even further, which is uh, always good to keep it easier, especially on the operators. Um, so it's it's definitely good to have uh, experienced eyes look at things. Um, I would also say that if you can um, get either through first time guest surveys or just anytime you have somebody come in who isn't used to being there all the time, if you can you know get their feedback. Um, doesn't mean it's always 100% truth or 100% gospel, but if you can get their feedback, it often helps enlighten you to things that you may have become blind to. I think another thing that's important is to make sure that if you're doing a self-evaluation that you're aware of the fact that you're personally biased um, and you have to compensate for that because it's, it's, it's not always a convenient or an option to have access to external resources. Like you, you might have not have the budget to be able to hire a professional to come in and help you with your evaluation or, you know, you can't, you might not be able to, um, have other people, other, other tech people at other churches in your area come in and, you know, you still need to be able to self evaluate, but if, if you don't, everybody's biased, I'm, I'm biased. And if I don't know that, that's going to cause the results of my evaluation to be inaccurate. So it, before before starting an evaluation, you have to, to sit down and say, okay, I'm biased toward maybe this certain um, style or this certain piece of gear or this certain manufacturer. And... Um, I think this is especially relevant if you're evaluating whether or not equipment is um, meeting the needs of what your organization um, is trying to use it for. And 
there's a lot of people that, you know, you think maybe you, you only want a certain manufacturer of audio consoles. And there's lots of manufacturers that make good audio consoles. And you need to be aware of that bias and make sure that you're really getting what that you're really getting or really looking at what is really good for the organization and not just what the sticker on the top of the the thing is. Yeah, I was uh, we're actually looking at upgrading consoles and I was talking to a a friend who's an integrator recently and um, just said, hey, you know, uh, is there anything out there that um, you think I should take a look at? Um, just to kind of go, like, I already had in my head what I thought I wanted. Um, but but I still wanted to know, you know, is there something else out there that I either haven't heard about or that I should take a second look at um, or anything like that? Because it's just, you don't want to make um, uninformed decisions, especially when it comes to spending church dollars. Um, I think the other thing we can become biased towards, um, as you were saying, with our own stuff is anything that we've worked on. Um, I know it, it becomes really easy to kind of look over things um, that you worked on because you can make really good excuses for yourself. Um, I had a mix not long ago where uh, things, a couple things clipped. And when I heard it after the fact, I was like, eh, it isn't that big of a deal. But I was thinking about it as if I was listening to somebody else's mix I would I would have some things to say about that, um, and so really being honest with yourself when you do see things and kind of go, eh, that's not a big deal. Well, is would it be a big deal to somebody else, or would it be a big deal if you were looking at at somebody else's stuff and saw that same issue? Yeah, Chris, you know I th- I think you really hit a uh, a super healthy point is uh, not taking the things that you've created. Um, or the things that you've built as your personal identity. Because I know that's, especially as a tech guy, for some reason I think that's something that's kind of easy for some of us to to just, it's, it's like a part of who you are sometimes. And that's not healthy and it's, it's well, it's not true. <laughs> I mean, yes, you, you might have created it and you might be responsible for it, but it's not who you are and it doesn't define you. You are more than just a mix. You are more than just a, uh, you know, a stream that's been made or just a system that exists. You are, you're a beloved child of God. And that's sometimes it's hard to see when someone's criticizing or evaluating. And, um, it's, you, you just kind of have to look at it through the rights advisors. Like this is, this is about the organization. It's not about you. It's not, it's, it's about, we want to make things better. And I know um, it's super easy to get defensive. It's and it's not always easy to have those conversations about evaluation, especially if it's you know if it's coming from church leadership or um, you know your your boss. But it's you know evaluation is healthy, and honestly, I think you're going to get a lot more respect and appreciation if you if you welcome that evaluation, if you encourage it, and and. I mean, it's, it's, I heard from Robert Scoville once who's, uh, he said like, as like a church guy, our job is to make sure every single seat sounds great. And if, um, for those of you who don't know Robert Scoville, he's an audio guy. He's a really, really talented audio guy, but mixed for Tom Petty. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a, 
yeah, anyway, sorry. I could, I could go, <laughs> I could totally go down a rabbit trail with, with, uh, Robert, but, and he's got loads of great stuff out there, um, to check out. But anyways, his, his point was uh, our responsibility is to make sure every seat in the house sounds good. And if somebody, somebody complains about your mix and you're, you know, you're just kind of like, well, I know the mix sounded good where I was standing because I did it, but you know, go and sit in their seat. There might be something that's off. You might have a box that's not working or that needs to be retuned, or there might be some acoustics that might be messing with things, but, you know, take the time to engage with that person and, uh, and hear what they're hearing and at least understand because that, that person matters. That's one of, uh, but at kind of on the flip side of that is we can't bend to the will of everything. Like we, we have to know and differentiate the things that we can change and the things that we should change. Um, but we, like if, if all we do is keep changing everything based on everything, like based on what everybody's telling us, everybody, everybody has a different opinion. Um, there was someone once told me that opinions are like buttholes. Everybody's got one. Most Sometimes, of them stink. Most of them stink. <laughs> Chris, you got it. So um, you have to, there, and we'll get into kind of how we evaluate and balance those things out. But it is, I think it's worth it to care about the people and, and, uh, and just uh, whenever someone gives you any kind of feedback, just recognize that, appreciate it, accept it. But it's up to you to decide what you do with it. Yeah. Go ahead, Ian. Yeah, and I, I think it's important too to note that, like, like we've talked about um, evaluations and feedback a lot of times being about negative stuff, and a lot of a lot of times it is. A lot of times you're looking at here's the areas where we need to improve, but it's also important to recognize the areas that you're doing well or the things that you're doing well. Um, it's you know. And if an evaluation just turns into a gripe session where everybody just sits around, it's like, oh, you know, the mix is, it sucks and the, our mics suck and, you know, nobody knows what they're doing. You know, hopefully that's not the complete picture of your organization. You might have, looking on the video side, you might have some really, really great camera operators that are really actively finding good shots and when they're clear, picking up, you know, whatever the next uh, action on stage is going to be. And that's really going good. And you need to improve your some areas of your camera setup. It's important to, to recognize both of those things and not just focus on our cameras look bad every week, even though your operators are going out there and crushing it. Yeah. yeah. I think another important thing to note about evaluation in general is is it's all about gathering data that's at its most simple form that's all you're doing is gathering data you still get to choose what you do with that data now there may be some uh incentives to doing certain things with certain data from certain people um <laughs> but uh but really evaluation is just gathering data uh, you still get to opt what you do with that when somebody comes back and and tells you they're opinion of what they're hearing in their seat um there's some good information in there doesn't mean you have to change anything yeah now if it's the pastor there's, you should probably give it a little more weight <laughs> than just some random joe um yeah but yeah no, there's a lot of truth in that um ian i really liked one of the points that you're that you were making about um, um if you know it, 
kind of being practical in the assessment of, of what you're evaluating and, you know, yeah, you might have volunteers that are crushing it and just accepting like, oh, the cameras are, uh, you've got rubbish cameras or something like that. But I think that sometimes we get comfortable with accepting things the way they are and they're like, oh, that's just because it sucks or oh, that's just because this is bad. And it demotivates us or we're just like, oh, that's just the way it's always been. And it's real, again, it's, it's like the comfortable place is like, oh, I'm just, that's just the way things are. But honestly, that attitude is super demotivating. And um, some of the best words of advice that I ever heard was like, hey, if you don't like something, move. If you don't like something, make a change, do something different and use that as inspiration. Use it as a catalyst to encourage you to make a change because it's like, if you keep making excuses for yourself, then you're just going to kind of live in a feedback loop where you're, you're not making any changes. You're not, you're just going to complain <laughs> quite frankly. You're going to say, Oh, well, our, you know, our PA sucks or, or, you know, this stinks or our consoles aren't good enough or whatever. It's like, you know, I, go make a change, go turn some knobs, go read a manual, go, you know, ask, bring in some guys, uh, just YouTube, uh, anything, just, look into things and uh, because we should never be stationary and comfortable I think and heck even uh, in uh, I think in the gospel and then Jesus's message was about pushing people it's about being comfortable with the uncomfortable and I think that's like especially in 2020 there's a lot of truth in that like we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable instead of trying to find places that make us feel good um, but it's one one thing I do want to like kind of dig into is the uh, so like the measuring stick what what you're evaluating and making sure that the tools you're using to evaluate are proper evaluation tools. So yeah, I'm I'm the audio guy. I'm going to go down that down that trail of SPL levels during services. Um, if people are measuring SPL levels with their smartphones, that's you know that's not exactly the most accurate measuring stick. Uh, I know there's there's software out there, there's tools that you can use, and at the same time, you got to make sure those tools are calibrated. You got to make sure the tools are sharp, otherwise, they're not going to give you. It's not going to give you the data accurately. Um, I know one of the things that is uh, kind of helpful, especially if if you're an audio guy and you're getting complaints about SPL levels, and if those complaints are getting to your leadership, if you have a way of logging. Your, your SPL measurements, like that is that is your your measurement of truth. You and and there's a lot of education that goes into that and understanding the difference between A weighted and C weighted and what that means. And uh, there's lots of materials out there. Um, I do encourage you know folks to dig into that because it's important. But uh, if you if you have that log that measures your SPL levels over time, it's like hey this is this is what the average SPL was during worship. This is what it was during spoken word, uh, and there, and that even also gets into uh, measuring your um, your broadcast speeds. What is your loudness uh, full scale over time? Like luffs, those are things that you need to be understanding of and, and aware of, so that what you're the audio that you're sending to to YouTube is the proper levels. That those are because if it's too hot, there's compressors that are going to kick in and it's going to it's not going to make the stream sound good. But if it's too low, people are going to have to crank the snot out of their you know laptop speakers or TVs, and it's also not going to sound good. So there's a lot of 
education that is uh, worth spending time in. All right, so box moment done. I'll get off my audio. Well, no, I think that's that's good. Is you need to look at we we have to look at the at the measuring devices we have for uh, each area. Really, I mean, when it comes down to it, um, you can measure sound levels, you can measure video, you can measure lighting output. Um, but at the end of the day, those things again are just data um, that kind of help us put numbers to what it is that people are experiencing. Um, and so at the end of the day, if, if, if something doesn't look good or doesn't sound good or, or whatever, um, if, even if the numbers say it's good, well, then it's not good. Uh, we need to reevaluate the numbers maybe. Um, but like I said, that data is important because it, it helps us to put, um, objective information on what it is that we're experiencing to help us know which direction we need to go with things. So absolutely need to measure whether it's SPL and audio or whether it's color space in video or white balance in video, um, or white balance of your lighting. Um, because that makes it a lot easier when you get that right. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, last thing that as we're talking about, like how ways that we can evaluate and how we do that is, um, sometimes you got to evaluate people and that's pretty hard to do sometimes, especially for us tech guys who tend to be more introverted and, uh, you know, having those interpersonal conversations can be a challenge. So I'm going to be honest. One of the best ways that you can spend time talking to people or evaluating them is over a meal, take them out to lunch, make sure you have a budget for, uh, food for your volunteers because that's one of the easiest ways people can feel loved and appreciated. And um, it's it's a lot easier to have hard conversations while you're breaking bread. So that's, and and at the same time, like we um, shoot uh, a couple, we I had inherited a tech team when I first got to where I'm at. And, um, you know, I needed to spend time with those volunteers, taking them out to want lunch. And there are some guys who's like, oh yeah, but they've been around for a while. And it's easy to have relationships with the new folks that you've that you've brought onto the team or that you've trained because you've started from the beginning with those folks. But the folks who have been around for a while, they're they're worth taking time with and spending time with and getting to know because they probably have a lot of experience and you may not be the first tech guy that they've seen come through the, you know, the the place that you're currently at. So it's worth taking your volunteers out to lunch or dinner. And just listen. Like it's, it's so easy to hear them say, Oh, well we've been doing it like this. So we've been doing it like that. And, and you go, well, that's dumb. Why would you do it that way? But in reality, there's probably a reason they're doing it that way. So just listen and hear them out and take in what it is they have to say. You can always and, change and, it later, but the fact that you listen means you know, they're probably going to care when you actually say, Hey, yeah. let's look at a different way to do it. They will feel valued if, if they felt heard, but uh, and not only that, but you can, you can address like any, if there was a specific reason why they were doing something, you can say, Hey, I know you guys were doing this because of this thing that happened, but you know, I, I think we'll be able to do it this other way. And, and it, you know, that, that's still not going to be a problem. And that's going to go a long way. Whereas if you just come out and you're like, hey, uh, this was dumb, and so we're going to change it now, they're all going to sit there and just be like, well, okay, 
this guy will learn soon enough that it, that doesn't work. And yeah. they might actually have good reasons for why it was being done that way. And so there's no reason to set yourself up for failure. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of like, man, Ian, again, one of those golden little nuggets he kind of slipped in there. It's like they, if you, as a tech guy working with people, you want to have them on on the team. You want them working in the same direction. And if you come in and say, hey, this is dumb, they're, and they just sit back and say, well, this guy's going to learn. Like you've, you've just alienated people. So by engaging with them and getting them on board saying, hey, you know, listening, understanding where you've been, why you've done things that way. And maybe it's like, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about trying things this way. What do you know? What do you think about, you know, working with me on that and trying to do that? They're going to, they might feel empowered or engaged with, or, you know, it's like, I'm not sure, you know, sure they might still have opposition, but at least you've had the conversation and they're going to be less likely to pull against the direction you're going and more likely to help go in the same direction because volunteers talk to each other too. And that's, it's important to make sure you have healthy relationships with people so that your, your team your team players are going to bring other people along with them. And I would say too, the success or failure of whatever that idea is may ride on their attitude about your idea. Um, if, if they're just sitting back going, I told you so they're literally sitting there waiting on your idea to fail. Um, versus if they are on board with whatever it is that you brought up, they might actually be instrumental in helping it succeed. Let's dig into the nitty gritty a little bit here. Um, so what all are we evaluating and what are some of the best ways to do that? Um, yeah, let's, let's, let's just go through the list. So um, we've talked about the measuring tools <clears throat> that we have. Um, some of the other awesome tools that uh, we have um, would be the recording of the service. Now, um, for some that may just be audio, um, for most at this point, I'm, I'm hoping that you have some kind of video. Um, if you're not streaming or anything like that, even just setting up an iPhone at the back of the room so, uh, with a wide shot so you can just see what happened and be able to watch that back for your own review um, is often very revealing as far as what happened. So those are kind of some of the tools that we're going to use. But um, you guys want to dig into what are uh, what we're looking for in those tools? Yeah. So you know the the biggest thing that you're looking for, at least for me as a video guy, if you're going back and you're watching the video, your perspective on video is going to be very different if you're just watching it and experiencing it than it is if you're actively like a camera operator or, or the guy calling shots or something like that. And so that's, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm looking at it saying, was did this shot look good did, or should we have not used it? Um, or, you know, did, it, did the pastor walk out of the light? Like, you know, did he walk to a part of the stage and it suddenly got dark? And that was that was distracting, or you know, did did we have someone like hold, holding a camera and fall over on the stage? You know, all of these things um, you want to take note of so that you don't do them again. Um, I think it's if, hard in the moment to evaluate the big picture stuff. 
um, like what you're saying. Um, so even things like did my shot sequence and pacing tell the story that I'm trying to tell well or didn't it? It's kind of hard to evaluate that in the moment when you're focused on what's my next shot. Right. Well, or, or that, that something that gets me a lot is like I, I was directing a, a service recently and the front of house guy called down to me and was like, Hey, I need you to jump on wireless workbench and check out, um, this mic and see why it's having problems. And so I did that. What I didn't realize is that I took my attention off of the video that I was directing for like 30 seconds and it, the shot that we were on, the motion ended at kind of a really awkward angle. And so it ended up being a really major distraction. And so that I was reminded through that, you know, I, I need to make sure that when there's other stuff going on, I need to not forget about what my main thing is, you know? And, and so that's, that's what, what you're looking for. Um, the, uh, the other thing, uh, I, I spend a lot of time tinkering with camera setups, and so there's a lot to be said for being able to, you know, every week say, okay, I'm going to tweak this thing. I'm going to, you know, tweak my um, pedestal a little bit this week and see what uh, what that changes, and then go back and watch it and try and look and see, did that change, can I see that change that I made? Did it help or did it hurt? Yeah, that's good. Um, on on the lighting side, um, oftentimes lighting is going to make the difference between good and bad video, uh, which is what we're using to to evaluate with. Um, but oftentimes, I think uh, some of the simple things would be: um, Did does the lighting look even? Is the color temperature? appropriate for what's going on does it match across the stage um do how do people's faces look and a lot of times you're gonna have to you know judge this if you're worrying about video then judge it for video if you're worrying about in the room judge it for in the room now there's probably something to be said for if you get it perfect it'll be right both places but there's no such thing as perfect so um <laughs> well and those things have to work together yeah like. they really do it, uh, at least, at least in my opinion, it, it, it shouldn't always be about one or the other. Um, I, I've heard the argument a lot of times that there's more people in the room than there are online. So we need to make it look the best it can in the room. And online just kind of gets to be whatever it is. Um, in that and, case, you need to reevaluate your setup. Yeah, because it's really there's a lot of places that have a really great experience both places, and there's probably a way for you to be able to get there without having to sacrifice too much on on one end or the other. Yeah, yeah. All right, Will. Yeah. What about audio? Oh, you know it. Oh, I could talk about audio all day, but I'm not going to. So. Thank you. There, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I know, Ian. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Nothing like a video guy having to listen to the audio guy <laughs> all day long. Or vice versa. No, we It's a two way street, guys. It is, it is. You know. You gotta you gotta appreciate the team because it's more than just you. So from an audio perspective, 
there are lots of places that you have to look at things from. Um, if you are streaming to YouTube or Facebook or something like that, you have to listen to the stream. Um, and that's that can be truer than it is this year because of all the the virtual the virtuality of churches being online. Uh, you have to make sure you know what that experience sounds like on laptop speakers. What does it sound like on your TV at home? What does it sound like on your TV at home with the built-in TV speakers that are firing against the wall? Because there's going to be someone out there who's listening to their the service on you know on, on the TV. Maybe they don't have a sound bar or something like that, and that like rear-firing TV, flat-screen TV speakers on a wall is like that's about as rough as it gets. And you, I'd actually yes. be shocked if anybody was listening on studio monitors. Yeah, I, exactly. No, you make a really good point, Chris, because most of the time, audio guys, we're, we're measuring things on good reference headphones or studio monitors or things like that. And yeah, it's it's helpful in, make, in you making mixed decisions. But at the same time, if it doesn't sound, uh, if, if you don't know what it sounds like on the... Um, you know, on the, the crappy flat screen TV speakers and you don't know. I mean, there's, uh, I'm sure people have seen pictures of studios and there's those uh, kind of trademark white speakers that are sitting, bookshelf speakers that are sitting Good on top MS of the console. 10s. Yeah, exactly. Yamaha NS10s. And the reason those exist, because you would have these, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment and these beautiful control rooms that are acoustically treated and these soffit mounted, super high end speakers. But these guys would get these NS10s to make sure like that was kind of the crappy speaker of the day. So, and it's like, hey, if your mix translates on that, then it's going to sound good on whatever the consumer is listening on. So listen to your mix on AirPods. Listen to your mix through a cell phone. Listen to it on laptops, speakers, on the TV. Like you got to listen to it on all these different elements. Um, and there's lots of different ways. And we've kind of talked about you know, ways to do that a little bit on the show. And I will probably get into it a little bit more on other episodes. But uh, the other thing is you got to, what does it sound like in the room? Uh, and there's, uh, you know, maybe having a large diaphragm condenser or just even an open microphone at front of house is not always the best measuring stick. If you're trying to capture what the mix sounds like, cause you're, you're going to be listening to your mix through the bias of the microphone. So, and that's, that's not, it's not always the best measuring stick. Uh, and even recording, a lot of consoles have USB recorders built into them, uh, most digital consoles these days. And um, that is that is worth evaluating because you can kind of hear what you're, what's going on in your room a little bit uh, because these are all these are all like different places and usually the console in the room is mixing to the room, which is a different acoustic environment than you know somebody's house at home and that's why you have to evaluate all these different things so that you can see okay well the bass guitar sounded really good in the room but it actually is like blowing things up on the broadcast mix so i need to make some changes to adjust for that and make sure that things are balanced everywhere and it's it's very similar to that whole lighting and video relationship um those two work together and you 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 kind of uh, and we already alluded to this is like sacrificing one or th they work together. You have to get them to work together. And the same is true between broadcast and live for audio. Um, a recent idea that I came across that I really kind of like is you want to having 
uh, as as close to record quality mix on the console, and then you run your uh, your mix through because basically it's like listening to a CD or you know playing back music in your room. You want to have as close to that as you can, and then you run it through an external bus that might be EQ'd a little differently or have some some magic in it that tweaks things for your room. But that way, your broadcast mix, uh, if, if you don't have like a broadcast mix engineer or you guys can't have that set up, now you can kind of tweak things. This is things I need to do to make the room sound good, and your broadcast mix is going to sound good if you're doing everything on the same console. Yeah, I know for me, I will um, take my mix every week. Um, basically, as soon as service is done and I'm driving home, I'll fire it up in the car and go, okay, what does it sound like in my car? Um, when I get home, I will listen to it on a phone and go, what did it sound like through phone speakers? Because that's where the majority of people are watching. And then a lot of times I'll check in on AirPods too. Um, because again, that's a highly likely place for people to be listening when they're, you know, on their mobile device. Oh yeah. Well, you know, and something else that's like super handy is like most of us, um, probably use Spotify, um, or maybe Apple music. I'm not sure how it works with Apple music. But I know with Spotify, you can have local files that you upload to Spotify and have them on a playlist. Now you can access that. You know, I'll upload my console files from recording onto my Spotify playlists, and I'll listen to. All right, this was you know, this is the music from the artist that I was trying to go for. Like this is what we're modeling. That's what I'll use for preparation the week before a weekend. And then if you listen to, then I'll, I'll throw my console file in that playlist and listen back to it and compare the two. And um, that way you kind of know, hey, how close to record quality mix are we getting? Um, it looks like, okay, still got to work on those drums or I still got to work on those vocals or something like that. It's, uh, but it's super easy. It's super accessible, especially with mobile and Spotify. You just got to do it. <laughs> yeah, that was good, Will. Um, yeah, so a couple of the other things we might want to look at um, is the performance coming off the platform, um, whether it's the musicians or even someone in a speaking role. Um, again, you kind of have to be careful about how you do this, and having relationship ahead of time is a really big deal. Um, you need to have already been building relationship and kind of have that open door permission to be able to go, hey, um, there was X thing. Can we talk about this? Can we work on this? Um, whether it's a guitar player playing in tune or adjusting their tone or what the snare drum sounds like or, you know, any of those kind of things that that's more than just you having to make a change. Um, you definitely want to have those conversations and it's always good. Um, you know, evaluate on your own for sure. Um, because it really allows you to be honest with yourself, but also evaluating in a group setting um, where everybody can see it and hear it together and go, yeah, here's what happened. Um, hey, that sounded a little funky. What do you think? You know, um, and just be able to have an open dialogue about uh, fixing it. Yeah, I think one thing, especially uh, working with musicians or people that stand up in front of people, it's uh, you, you have to be very sensitive about it, but also... Sometimes you don't know, you don't necessarily know what they're going through or what's, 
what they're experiencing, like with their family life, or maybe they're they're dealing with something. Maybe you know their parents are in the hospital. Who knows? Like life is messy and it's hard. So sometimes, if you're, uh, I do like Chris's idea, like doing evaluation in a group setting. I think is super healthy. Um, but if you're ever doing evaluation one on one, maybe ask the person how they're doing. Like check with them first. Be like, hey, are you are you open to some feedback? And they might just be like, you know what? I just got too much going on right now. I want the feedback, but right now I just, I need some space or something like that. And then, like, don't just jump in because people, people get really defensive. So yeah, it's, it's important to kind of work with people in the process so that they don't feel like they're being attacked. And again, with that, I think it's really good to, um, set it up by, by reminding people that their performance, whether it's on a stage or behind a console or behind a camera, um, does not change the value of who they are. Uh, Preach. They, as Will said earlier, they're still a loved child of God. At the end of the day, that's what matters. And um, how they performed doesn't change that any more or any less. So, um, cool. I think that is going to go ahead and take care of it for today. Um, If this episode has helped you if it's impacted you in a meaningful way um, you could share it and leave us a rating or review Um, you can find more info more podcasts and blogs on the website there's also show notes for this show where you can uh, get access to all the references we we talked about Um, and finally if you would like some help uh, evaluating what it is that you're doing um, we we can help you out with that just reach out to us there through the website and uh, we're always happy to take a look at what you're doing and and give you some uh, thoughts on how it might be better Um, if you have a topic request or question click the I have a question button on the top of the podcast page and that will do it for today thanks guys thanks guys